All right, you guys, we have some exciting news that we want to share with you. If you are hearing this, that means that my book is now available and it is free. We just ask that you pay shipping. We have a limited number of them, so get over there and check it out right now at it's not you, it's me book.com. Again, it's not you. It's me book.com. We really want you guys to be bold and join us on this journey to self love. And as you do so, this book and my journal that you can pick up with the book will help you do that. So go check it out and get your free book today. At that point, I said, Steve, we can't keep doing this. Like, you are still contacting this guy. You don't know what's going on. And I can't put myself in a position where you're continuing to cheat on me because that's basically what's happening. You're not seeing him. You're not whatever. But this is a man you had an affair with. I said, I think I need to come home and pack up my stuff. And that's what we did. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. All right, what are we recording about this week, gentlemen? What are we going to be recording First, about? First, Matt needs to do his weigh-in. His weigh-in? Oh, <laughs> I have a scale down here. <laughs> I do have an official accountability partner, though. Yeah. So that's good, because accountability partners are always good. It is good. And it's not me, so that's even better. Yep. But I'm going to need your help, though. This is what he says every time, because I'm the one that makes all your food. <laughs> yes. So if he's not successful, it's really my fault. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes she just cooks too good. Yeah. <laughs> so I gained 25 pounds within a month of marrying you, Jessica. Whoa. I don't know. 2004. That's a lot. Lost about the same after splitting up from you. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I just need to go on a month vacation yeah. just by myself. It was literally from a month prior you to would... our marriage to a month after. In that 60-day period, I gained 25 pounds. That's because after, during the divorce, you and I just didn't eat. Neither of us. And worked out super hard because we were. Yeah. So that's a good segue into where we're at now. Colorado, man. Or Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here's my question, though. I mean, we recorded our first episode was like this spot specifically. Yes. So we went, what is this, episode 18? Uh, I think so. But again, if you want a refresher, go back and listen to episode one. Okay. We talk about all of what kind of what's going on during this time period. Yeah. Which is pretty intense. Like, this is when... Very, very big shifts in our huge lives. Huge shifts. One, you take a... What kind of job did you take? General manager job. A GM job, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a, a level up in your career, which that was huge. It was the level I was working towards in my career the whole time. Right. And so that alone is a huge shift in somebody's life. That was a minor shift compared to the, the others. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess what I'm alluding to is like, this is an intense emotional time in your it was, life. It was a lot of change between the job. I mean, Steve had a job where he's, the hotel was a mess. So right. he was coming in and trying to fix it. So, so like there was Swain that now. stress. You've yeah. been there before. <laughs> 
kind right. of yeah and then we've had this big change in location and all of that i have to say i keep thinking of one memory so when we moved there we lived in steve's hotel and penny at this time loved being in suitcases do you remember this <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i just keep picturing her sitting like, them laying and playing yeah them, climb in and out close the lid open the lid yeah yeah so much fun. She would like want to watch a show in the suitcase <laughs> in the hotel room we were living in. That's funny. So funny, which they were out because we were in the middle of moving and everything was in storage except what was in that hotel room. So she also really liked to sit on stairs. She did like sitting on stairs. Just Penny the had a stair. thing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Or the little ledge on the inside of the refrigerator when it's open. Yep. Just anything that was just a nice little height for her to sit her bum on. A cute little something. <laughs> Yep. How old was she at this time? So she's a year and a half. She was only like six, eight weeks old when we moved to Colorado. And then we left when she was... Actually, she's just over a year and a half. So Jessica, what was the plan with you? Were you going to work? No. Were you going to continue having these odd jobs? Were you continuing to do balloon animals, Steve? <laughs> like, what was I the plan? I don't think balloon animals were in my plan. No. <laughs> <laughs> They weren't part of your life goals. No. No. No, I wasn't going to work. I was going to continue to be a stay-at-home mom and just kind of, you know, fall into the groove we had before. I took care of basically everything outside of Steve working. Cooked and prepped meals, did all the grocery shopping, ran all the errands. How long did you guys live in the hotel? It was a couple months. Yeah, I think it was like a month. They said we could stay there two months, but we hated it there and wanted to get into an actual place. So Why did you hate it? Well, it's a hotel room at the hotel that I worked at. It was just like being in Belize. There was no escape from work. We stayed there at least two months because we no. moved there in July. And <laughs> this is my favorite part. Labor Day. They always disagree on timelines. Labor Day weekend, we were still there when you had the affair. And then Which we were the there. Which is the beginning of September. Okay, fine. Yeah. And then we were there for like another couple weeks after that. Steve's going to concede on this timeline. Because that was the big debate is with... After you had the fair, do we move into this house or not? Right. And it was already like set for us to move in. And you were when like. When I told you I'd had an affair. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, I just want to keep moving forward. I think we need to just go forward with the plan. I don't want to change things. I so want to wait, stick wait, wait. to it. So going back, like you were living in this hotel room for about a month, month and a half-ish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then the affair occurred. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. It was while you were still living in the hotel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, we had like a couple weeks before we were scheduled to move into the house. The house. And I remember just during that time thinking, I want to believe that we're continuing forward and that this is a step forward in our relationship. But in the back of my head, I just kept thinking, I don't know why I'm moving into this place. I'm not going to live here. Like, this isn't going to be my home. So, Jessica, what were your deep down feelings when you found out that Steve had had an affair. And I know we kind of went over these in our first episode, yeah. but what was that like? It was pretty crushing. And before not knowing, like he told me within a week, so it wasn't like very long that I felt something was wrong and not knowing what it was. But like I said in that first episode, I was up. I could not sleep. Yeah. And it was like, I would lay my head down and that was all I could think about is something is wrong. What is wrong? How long do I need to wait before... I'm going to know. And I knew at this point it was something bigger than usual. Like, I could just tell. And then after he told me, I mean, there was a lot of feeling for him of now he's more torn than I've ever seen Steve yeah. 
And so that in, was hard. In Oklahoma, were you guys going to church? Were you, mm-hmm. So did you do the whole same thing? You reached out to your bishop beforehand, stake president? Stake president. Okay. We didn't know which oh, ward right. we were going to end up in since we were at the hotel. We didn't know where we'd find a house. So That's right. So I'd already been meeting with the stake president of the stake that we figured we had a good chance of ending up in. It was a big yeah. stake. Yeah, this is so, Oklahoma. It's not, you know, I geographically mean, our, a huge stake. Yeah. So we're like, we're probably end up on this half of the city. So it's that stake. Yeah. <laughs> and even like our ward when we moved in, like our church congregation was huge compared to what we're used to in even Geographic, in Colorado. Geographically? Geographically. Everything in Oklahoma City is geographically huge, though. That really strange, totally off-the-topic fact here about Oklahoma City, but that back when it was... I don't know why I'm telling this. We should edit it out, probably. But <laughs> everything in Oklahoma City, it's like, you know, here you have, like, a Home Depot, Ed Bath & Beyond, and a Fred Meyer all in a row. Yeah. There you have a Home Depot, an empty acre or two. Bed Bath & Beyond, an empty acre or two of just, like, grass. Because they were trying to build the city as big geographically as they possibly could back when tax cuts or benefits or something along those lines had to do with geographic size, not population size. Interesting. So Oklahoma City is so big and just has empty lots in between everything. That's a fun fact. I don't think we need to edit that out. Okay, fine. <laughs> I forgot about that, but it was but very, like, usually it's in like out. a... Yeah. yeah just it just took forever right. to get anywhere because you're going twice as far as you would have in any other cities. You couldn't park in one parking lot and go to all three of those stores. Right. Or you had to drive. Yeah. I mean, you could, but... Yeah, so, I mean, it was just... It was a hard time. And it was hard to function as normal. I remember just... I mean, I was hurting, but I was really concerned about Steve because I knew he was in a bad place. Like, he was so torn at this point. And like he said in that first episode, he thought that acting on this he would be repulsed and be over it. And it was the opposite. I do want to make it clear that I never, I didn't go into this with the intention of, I'm going to do this and get it done and move no. on. Right. I just, no. just once I was in the thick of it and like coming out the other side of that, I just thought I did not expect it to feel natural and right and yeah. comfortable. And I did not expect like some side of me to be absolutely, I don't even know what the word is, but just so ready to embrace like, this is my path because <laughs> it was yeah. not the path I wanted to be my path. Yeah. Sometimes, Jessica, now that you're putting up little quotes of us in those circles on Instagram, <laughs> when I say something, I picture it in a little circle <laughs> in teal, which is why you can't do mine in red. I'm picturing it in teal, okay? <laughs> he wants to be very specific. That's that was, his color. That was my path, but it was not the path I wanted to be my path. <laughs> That's what I just pictured. <laughs> That's Steve's quote for the week. No, it's yeah. a dumb quote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Aww. So re-listening yesterday to the Oklahoma episode, I guess my question to you is, where do you want to start with the feelings or the stories or kind of what you were feeling and going through? And before we get there, you guys hadn't gone to any support group in Oklahoma. We had. Oh, you had? Mm-hmm. I hadn't. There weren't... There weren't nearly as good of support groups there, but I found one that was... It was just a general a, addiction group. Yeah. And it was like... Very general, and it yeah. had male and female, a couple of porn addicts, someone with an eating addiction. I don't remember what else, but there were. it was very small, like five people or something. No one else there was gay, and really sweet missionary couple. Yeah. It just wasn't as... Certainly wasn't the same effect that it had been in Colorado Springs where... And what was the difference there? 
what I just explained. These were people that did not, they weren't experiencing what I was experiencing. It was just all over the board. Yeah. So you couldn't have like a full on focus in on. And like, I remember like opening up at one point in one of those meetings and looking around at the, must've been five people plus the missionary couple. And it was just like deer in the headlights look like jaws dropped. <laughs> just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do we do with this information? Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, basically. And I'm just like, hmm. Doesn't Maybe. seem to have the same effect as sharing my struggles did in the other groups. <laughs> so how often did you go to that support group? Uh, I think it was weekly. And were you pretty faithful in going? I was. And I kept going even after we split for a little bit. So the other thing that was really hard is we moved into this new ward congregation and we didn't have the outreach that we had in the other ward. It was like we were grasping at straws to make friends. And we had like one couple that we were pretty good friends with. And we weren't there very long. But it was like we needed to connect with people. And it was so hard to do. It and was I so weird to me that the bishop or the bishopric never once approached us. Yeah. Even after the stake present that I was meeting with weekly, had then said, I'm going to reach out to your bishop, let him know your situation, let him know now that you're in the ward that he and I are meeting. Like usually when you move into a ward, you get contacted by the bishop anyway to say, hey, yeah. you're a new family in the ward. Come yeah. in and meet with me. I'd love to get to know you. Especially but, if you're active. Like, yeah. Especially if you're going every single week. Yeah. And then the fact that not only did that not happen, but the bishop had been informed by the stake president that I have this issue, and he still <laughs> didn't reach out. And even after... Jessica and Penny moved away, and I kept going to church by myself. Yeah. And Jessica had informed someone. You had told someone. I went to the bishop. Did you? Oh. Oh. And I said, they hey called yo. me in to give me a calling. So they called me in to give me a position in the church, to ask me to serve in a certain spot in the church. And this is the weekend that, well, anyways, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the next day. And I said... I'm sorry, I can't accept that calling. I can't do that because I'm moving out. And he's like, what? And this is the first time I've talked to him. This is the first interaction I've had. And I laid out the whole thing for him. I said, listen, this is what's going on. My husband is staying. My daughter and I are leaving. He's gay. He's had an affair. He struggled with pornography. Lay the whole thing out there. Yeah. I said, it would be really awesome if somebody can just touch base with him. Like, keep tabs on him. Check in on him just because I wanted to make sure you were okay. Like, you were struggling. And nobody. Yeah, they never did. Even for the next six months that I really? kept going to church. That surprises me so much. I know, me too. Now, honestly, I was dreading the moment that they... Yeah. I was absolutely dreading when yeah. they came and said, hey, you need to come meet with the bishop. Because I just... I was so torn about where I was at. And I was already having very successful meetings with the stake president. So, yeah. honestly, I was glad that they stayed away, but it is still shocking to me that they stayed away from That not me. a soul showed up. Maybe they yeah. had the wrong phone number. Must have been. <laughs> but like every time one of them would start walking towards me in the chapel, I'm just like, oh great, here it comes. Here's the, hey, we need you to stop by and see the bishop this afternoon. But no, they never did. <laughs> well, and maybe that was a good thing. Maybe they, yeah, maybe that maybe was what they I needed. knew that that's what you needed. I don't know. So, and it was fine. And I, again, and I was meeting with weekly the with the stake president. And I mean, that was... So during this time, there was a... At church, it was a full three-hour block. I say three-hour block. Like, what that means is there was three hours of church where you have... Every Sunday. Yeah. So you have three different meetings that you go to. 
Were you going to all three of those? Yeah, I think so. I think throughout, even after Sebastian and I were together, which I guess we haven't gotten right. to that point. Yeah, yeah so right. say we should go back. Jumping ahead. So we move into this house and that's basically where we ended off. Hold on, did Sebastian ever go to church with you? No. I'm just curious. Good question. So that's where we ended on that first episode was when Steve and I move into this apartment and we're trying to get settled, trying to get in a normal routine of things. Steve's had this affair and we are failing miserably, quite honestly. <laughs> Besides the fact that we're still communicating well and we still yeah. genuinely care and love each other and those things. But I mean, there's just so much emotion that it's hard to like So much emotion grip. that there was lack of emotion. It was just, yeah. we just both kind of just wandered through our, we just were just in a daze. Is it, going through just, the steps. And I was, Is it know, safe to say that you guys just felt numb? Numb, absolutely numb. Yeah. And on top of that, work was so stressful. I had inherited this hotel that was just needed. Like it had been kind of neglected for a while and just hadn't had the right leadership. And so I had a big task ahead of me at work and I just was so overwhelmed with that while I'm just completely numb trying to deal with this stuff on a personal level. And we have nobody that knows what's going on. That we had one friend from Colorado that you reached out to and then told me it was okay if I talked to him as well. Because I needed somebody to talk to, man. Was that was, helpful? It was super helpful just to be able to talk. We have this one friend we talked to and that's it outside of each other. And like I said, we're fumbling around for probably a month. That was in September. You finally decided to leave. One day I was like, listen, <laughs> We are a mess. And Steve, during this time, like he for a while cut contact with Sebastian, the guy he had the affair with. But then he was like emailing him occasionally. Were you texting him? I don't remember. I don't think I was texting. I just know Maybe. there were emails occasionally and things like that. And so I knew Steve was not sure what he wanted, even though he was trying to continue forward in our marriage. That's what I wanted to want. That's what I was yes. saying I wanted. That's what I was trying so hard to continue to fight for, but I mean, you're the one who said it, Jess, you're like, look, I know you would ask the questions like, what do you want to do here? Do you want to stay in this marriage or not? Like, do you want, yeah. my answer was always, yes, I want to get past this. I want to stay married to you. I want to get back in good standing in the church. I want to, us to stay together as a family. So then why would you keep emailing? Sebastian? I just could not. My point was Jessica said, I know you're saying the right things and trying to do the right things, but your heart is not in this. Yeah. It was so true. I just, I could not bring myself to admit that it wasn't what I wanted, that I wanted something different. I hated myself for wanting something different. And I was trying for all I was worth to get myself to want the thing I wanted to want. There's another dumb quote to go in a circle. <laughs> not really. But I was very torn between what I actually wanted and what I wanted to want. Is there a better way to say that? No. No, I, I mean, I think it it's makes sense. pretty clear. Yeah. Like there was an inner struggle within yourself. That and it was, yeah. Probably just tearing you apart. Oh, yeah. At the same time, like, because you know it's tearing you inside. And, and you I, know it's tearing Jessica inside. And you're probably and thinking. It killed me to see the pain I was causing Jessica. And to think, why can you not snap out of this? Like, put her first. Like, do what she needs you to do. Be the man she needs you to be. So we were alluding to the fact that I left. Yes. So I, at that point, decided, like, we discussed some things. And I'm like, listen, you need some time on your own 
to kind of process without Penny and I here. Where were we leaving to? So we decided the only thing I could do Move was back go to the to, hotel. No, <laughs> was go to Colorado for a couple weeks. Okay. I remember thinking this. I know this is not enough time to figure this out, but this is the only amount of time we have that we can't tell anybody. If I leave for longer, or if I go somewhere different, people are going to know that what's going on. Like. There's no way we can cover There's it. There's going to be people questioning what And I things. don't think it was a concern of... Trying to hide we don't something. Want, yeah, trying to hide something. It was just that this was not a situation that outsiders' opinions would have helped no. in any way. This was very nope. much, we need to figure out what, we what each of us want and what our path is going to look like. And anyone knowing about this is absolutely going to skew how we look at this and how we figure this out. Yeah, and, and I'm sure in the back of both of your minds, you're thinking maybe what are these people going to think of me yeah. as a person once they find out? And I think we both had that on both sides of Steve worrying about, first of all, that he's gay. Secondly, that he had an affair. Like, what are people going to think? And then me, on the other hand, I stayed married to a guy who I knew was gay for five and a half years, technically six and a half, but by the time he came to terms with it. And I had a child with him and whatever. And I didn't really care what people think. I just wanted to make sure we knew kind of where we were going before we really opened it up to other people. Right, yeah. That we knew in our heads what was right for us, exactly like what you just said. So I went and stayed with friends in Colorado and they knew, like we told those friends that I went and stayed with. So what was your plan then? I was just gonna go stay with them for two weeks. So two weeks was the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And this was agreed upon by both of you. I mean, I supported it. I don't feel like it was my decision. From what I remember, it was kind of you just saying, I'm leaving, I'll be back in two weeks, either to move forward and put this behind us or to pack up my things and leave, you decide. I don't know if I remember it accurately or not, but that's how I remember it. I was very much at this point of whatever you need, Jessica, you got it. Like, yeah. I am in no position to be dictating in any way what is or isn't right for you. If you need to talk to people, talk to them. If you need to go, go. If you, you know, whatever. If you are willing to stay, stay. Like, but I think a part of me was really relieved too. Yeah. I knew I was damaging our relationship more every day by being in this like numb state of indecision and clearly every day coming home to work in that mindset and just being completely a mess. Like I knew it's gotta be exhausting. It was just making our relationship worse day by day. So I was I was relieved to know that I can be a mess for two weeks and figure this out without it hurting our relationship anymore, without it hurting Jessica anymore than it already has. Just yeah. because you wouldn't be there to see me. We just needed some space. Yeah. Okay. So the two weeks that you had during this time in Colorado, what did you do? You know, I don't remember a lot of what I did. I remember hanging out with my friend during the day. We took Penny to the parks and stuff like that and wandered around Colorado. This friend that we said knew before we left, like the one friend that knew in Oklahoma, he lived in Colorado. So I spent a fair amount of time with him too. I would leave at night after Penny went to bed because they were home with her, yeah. my friends were, and they were amazing. Like They just, were, they still are amazing take, people. Yes, like take care of yourself, do what you need to do. And I hadn't been sleeping for like a month. I remember taking Tylenol PM oh, almost. Ambient? No. <laughs> Tylenol PM almost every night because I just needed. I was like, okay, if I'm going to start being rational about this again, and I was pretty level-headed and stuff, but like, I need some sleep. I need to get some sleep so that I can think and function better. So that was part of my whole thing is just getting some rest as well. 
I remember one night, my friend and I, the guy that knew everything even before I went to Colorado, he and I took eggs up to a cliff and he was struggling with some stuff too. And so he's like, all right, we're going to go get eggs and we're going to go chuck them off this cliff. And every egg you throw is some issue or problem. That's like something that you're letting go of. That's so Cody. (laughs) (laughs) And so we went up there and did that one night and that it was fun. Like it was a good, just like lightning of things. But it was, yeah. What were some of the things that you were throwing? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't remember one. But I'm sure it was all of the stuff I had dealt with for the last seven years and kind of kept in and hadn't really let out. And I don't know if you ever really gave yourself permission to be mad at me very often or to be upset at me or at the situation. Like you were always so understanding and so concerned and so very focused on me that I I don't know how often you actually gave yourself permission to be pissed at this situation you found yourself in due to no fault of your own. In fact, completely the opposite. But at the same time, she did have the decision to stay and support you in whatever during the length of your guys' marriage. I had perfect opportunities to leave, as Matt has brought up, especially the move to Belize. Like, I could have left. Yeah, where my mind was blown, like, boom. But I made a very conscious decision to stay. You just wanted to live in the Caribbean, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. sugar daddy. (laughs) 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 Who owned a V-dub bus later. But this is the thing is, like, there was part of me that saw so clearly all of your pain that it was hard to, it wasn't hard, it just lessened my pain because this wasn't my issue. It was yours, and I was here to love and support you through that, and I just wanted you to feel at peace whatever we decided, that you could finally have some peace, whatever that looked like for you. And so I remember one night, and it was after everything was done, getting really angry at you and letting it out. Towards him? Yeah, like I think we Skyped a lot at that point Mm -hmm. and like Skyping you. Message Skype or like face-to-face Skype? I was messaging. Okay. I feel like we didn't have a ton of communication while you were in Colorado Springs, but this whole time frame is very blurry blurry to me. Yeah. And it's funny to me how I've realized this since we've started recording, how I have taken some of the shameful parts of this and kind of like reworked them in my head a little bit to a way that is less traumatic to remember, Yeah. <laughs> less shameful. Yeah. I don't know, it's making me really emotional to think about it right now, but... Just a lot of very, so many things that I was not proud of and how I handled and very difficult things to think about and to remember. And so much of it I know I have kind of blocked out from this time frame. And that was the other thing is like, I watched you beat yourself up and I don't remember you not handling this well. I mean, you had an affair, but... (laughs) (laughs) But within that, there were so many things that you did that other people would not have done. And that's what made it easier for both of us to handle. You came forward and told me within a week, like that doesn't happen, Steve. And I felt like you never in our marriage gave yourself credit for the things you did do. And that always broke my heart that you couldn't see all of these good things you were doing And it was so hard for you to just look at 
these things that you thought were bad about yourself and not see all of this good that was there, that you brought to our marriage, that you did for me, that you did for our daughter, that you did for all of these people that we served in the church. So I think that was, you know, why I never really got angry. I let myself feel it like one night and then, you know, it was just, there's no point. Yeah. There was no wouldn't, point wouldn't have in it. Wouldn't been effective for you to continue to be angry, it, right? Wouldn't have been effective for either of us. So during these two weeks, I don't know what you did. Yes, yeah, Steve, what did you do during these I know two you weeks? went on, I think you went on lots of runs. Yeah. Just lots of working <laughs> out, but. Run till you cry. That was. We both did was, a lot of that. That was kind of my mantra from this phase for like the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> Run till you cry. Something very therapeutic about getting my level of physical anguish up to the same level of emotional anguish that I felt. <laughs> Just evening things out. Is that why you, you ran up a mountain last week? No, I was, I, was, I was in a great place running up that mountain. <laughs> Except for the fact it hurt and you almost died. Very, very rarely do I, do I still feel the need to run till I cry, but sometimes. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. It is. Yeah. So back to these two weeks. You don't remember? I don't remember a lot of specifics. I know I reached out to Sebastian either during these two weeks oh, yeah. or I can't remember which of the times you left that it was. You said, oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, no, I did reach out did. during this two he weeks. He did. How do you know that? He told me. Okay. And I actually, still I very, do remember. I remember. still very honest with yes, me. Yes, I was honest with you. I'm trying to remember. And I, when we started recording, I did pull up emails to see what he and I had talked about and kind of put a time frame on it. I guess I should have done that before this episode. But I don't remember what we talked about. Yeah. I don't know if I saw him. That I don't remember. I don't know if it was during this point or after that point that I reached out to him and was just like, "What?" Because, well, <laughs> why? Are you... Okay. I was worried that Steve would commit suicide during this time, and so was while Sebastian. You were on, while you were gone for those two weeks, or after? those two weeks and after, okay, like for quite a while. So, how did you have Sebastian's information? I must have given. It I to think you. Steve gave it to me. I so think he asked, gave me his email. You asked for Sebastian's email from Steve. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know and if it, I, I think it might have been after these two weeks. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was after we officially separated. So during this time, we did talk quite a bit. Not like a ton. We gave each other space. I don't think we talked like every day for a long yeah. time, but we checked in, we texted. I think there were a lot of days where it was just a text. How are you doing? Yeah. So after the two weeks in Colorado, you come back to Oklahoma? Yeah, but that's kind of a big deal. So a few days before I'm scheduled to come back, like before my flight to come home, Steve had told me the night before, hey, I want to stay married. I want to be in this. And I was like thinking as he's saying this, this doesn't bull crap. feel right. Not bullcrap, but it. I know he's saying this, but it just doesn't resonate. Like it's not, it's not real. I knew Steve well enough. I knew our relationship well enough that this was not what was good for us at this time. And I was like, okay, okay. And I'm trying to convince myself that that'll be good. That'll be okay. We can stay together because that's what I wanted more than anything was to keep my marriage, but it didn't feel right. And you knew that I was in the same place, trying to yes. convince myself that the words I'm saying right now are yes. what I really mean. But I, you know, you knew I and was And I in knew that he's place. still contacting Sebastian and I knew these different things are going on. So I went to the temple the next day, left Penny with my friends. We lived in Colorado Springs, so I drove up to the Denver Temple and spent the day there and then drove home. And I remember I called you on the car ride home back to their house. And you're saying the same thing. 
at that point, I said, Steve, we can't keep doing this. Like, you are still contacting this guy. You don't know what's going on. And I can't put myself in a position where you're continuing to cheat on me because that's basically what's happening. You're not seeing him. You're not whatever. But this is a man you had an affair with. I said, I think I need to come home and pack up my stuff. And that's what we did. I flew home. Flew from Colorado Springs to Oklahoma. And mean. actually, a vital point, I remember calling my parents. Now I'm going to get emotional. Like, the night before, I was flying home. And we had, Steve and I had scheduled to have those box things that you can fill up yeah. come to our house in, in Oklahoma so that when I got home, I can pack up whatever I need to, put it in there, and then drive home. And I'm like, I got to call my parents and I got to call my brothers and let them know what's going on. Because I'm going home to Boise, which is where my family lives. And I knew I was going to have to stay there a couple days before I could get things settled in our house. And yeah, because we had our house. We still owned our house mm -hmm. there. We gave the tenants notice. Yeah. Um, so that Jessica could move in there. And you called your family. All of our See, family and I was knew just by trying, how... I was just trying to decide if I called them or you called them. I don't know who called, actually. I have no recollection of that. But I know I... they knew... I remember a phone conversation with my mom, but I can't remember if it was her calling me saying, hey, I just talked to Jessica, or me calling her to tell her. I don't remember yeah. which. Yeah, I don't remember. It would not surprise me at all if you had me call yeah, or if I took that on. But I remember sitting on my friend's couch and being like, hey, <laughs> Steve and I are separating, probably getting a divorce. I'm moving home Sunday. I'm leaving Oklahoma on Sunday. And Penny and I are driving home. These pods, containers are getting shipped up to my house with my stuff. It's probably going to take me a few days to get there, but I'm not going to rush home. I'm going to take my time because I'm a mess. <laughs> and I remember like pure silence on the phone. I mean, they talked, but it was very my end of things. Somber. Yeah. And then like asking questions. Well, how long have you known? Like what everybody asks. And what would you tell him? I've known six months into our marriage. Steve came to terms with it right before we moved to Belize. We've been happily married and just going through like the logistics of everything. How do you possibly and give a short version of our <laughs> seven years of marriage yeah. to someone who had no idea? Yeah. And I mean, there were things that like made sense to them at that point. Like, and Heather, my sister-in-law has talked about to me about that too. Since we've been doing this podcast, she's like listening to this so many different things about your guys's relationship makes so much more sense now of how you guys interacted and how you took care of each other and mm. she's like it i get it like i can see it now those were hard conversations to have and i remember my one brother just like feeling for you during that time he zach like totally just oh my gosh i've always thought as a mormon man this would be the hardest thing to deal with. And he's like, I feel so bad for Steve. I know, like feeling for you, <laughs> which is ironic because later he, he really he struggled wanted, with that. He but, wanted um, to punch me in the face next time he saw me. Yeah, but just deep concern. And I remember my other brother and my parents, they were all insistent that they somebody was gonna fly down and drive home with me from Oklahoma. And I said, nope, I need some time to myself with nobody else. I need Except the time. Except your old baby. Except <laughs> your old baby. I need the time in the car to just drive and think and process stuff. 
I remember Jed, my oldest brother, was just insistent that he was flying to Oklahoma and driving home with me. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm going to be fine. I will stop on the way home in Utah and see you. But yeah, I really, I just remember those conversations. Most people would not have been able to make that drive on their own in those circumstances. (laughs) That's an interesting drive, but we'll get into that probably next time. So I fly back to Oklahoma and pack up my stuff. You were like in total zombie state at that point. I remember very like not functioning and... I just could not believe this was happening. Yeah. And I left a lot of stuff there. At that point, I did not care. Well... These pods were littler than we oh, thought. Oh, it was tiny. And when so, it arrived, we're just like, oh my gosh, this is what this you're is putting it? all yeah. the stuff into. So, like, literally, I packed up, like, half of our kitchen stuff. I left Steve with, like, a couple pots and pans because he doesn't really <laughs> cook. <laughs> and, um... How many... Used to have the same pots and pans. Probably. They've been watched since. I don't know if I've used them yet. So, right. You couldn't fit the couch, a bed. All I took was our kitchen table, because you were like, take the table. We didn't really have a spot for it. I took the table. I took our clothes and like Penny's toys, because Penny was coming with me. And um, that was about it. And even that. We, fit. we had like a hard time getting everything fit in that day. Yeah. There was other stuff we were trying to put in and in the end we're just like, yep. we have to take something out, like some big thing. So I just took, I think I took one section of the couch maybe you or did. something. I think we tried to fit a couple and couldn't yeah. fit them. And... and so loaded it up. And I also, so the whole point of me too, I should say, like so I was going within back. two days, two or three days. I came you... home Friday and I left Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was. So it was just two days two of packing. Nights. and wow. Yep. Getting our stuff. I do remember the night before you left, (laughs) laying in bed, side by side, talking for hours. And I mean, it was very emotional. It was actually a good conversation about where at least for a portion of it, like we both got to a good point and said, like talked about what we hoped our futures would look like and what we wanted for each other as far as what would we really sat down and planned out our divorced lives, basically. And this part was really hard at this point. We came to terms with more of those things as we went through it, but um, there were certain things that I knew I wanted. And I remember during that time in Colorado, like going through my head of, I cannot be that family that one person drops their kids off in the morning and the other one picks them up from school because we can't see each other. And that's the type of divorces I had seen and known. And I was like, I will not have that. That's basically why I told Steve, you can leave, we can end this marriage, but we will not be these people. And I'm um, pretty sure you said, but you're not done with me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did too. You're stuck with me. And we talked about like years down the road, we want to be that family that Jessica with a new husband me with a new husband can spend holidays together or do family dinners together or like be at our daughter's graduation together and basically be united and showing our support for our daughter and for each other in a path that really makes much more sense for each of us. Yeah. I mean, we very much set the standard right then and there that we're going to support each other in moving forward in a path that will lead each of us to happiness. So Steve, like my question that keeps coming into my head right now is how did your family take this? And at this time, what was the support like from your family? 
my family was blindsided by this. So I, so I guess I, this is where, where I'm going to start crying. Because <laughs> <laughs> as Jessica's saying how much support she has from her family, of her brother being like, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to be there. Like, I feel for you at this point of Steve doesn't have that. Yeah. Like, where's his support? My parents like, wanted to come down. I didn't want them to. Right. Okay. That's. I guess that's my question. Like, okay, how much support were you, like, getting from your family? Is Was it what I have in my head is, well, Steve didn't have any support? Or what was their support? And it sounds like there was a little bit. But was it more of support, like, let's come and try and fix something? Or was it... Yes. Yeah. Was it more of, Steve's in a rough place right now. Let's throw our arms around him. And It was Steve has... I mean, I don't know. I, my perception of this was Steve has gone off the deep end. We need to go back and get him back on track. It was definitely much more that than... I mean, they thought that was being supportive. I think they felt like at the time that was the support Steve needed. But I knew it wasn't. I was Steve's support. And my parents, you know, like, they took a little bit longer, but they were still there for you. And I think you knew that. When you say take a little bit longer, like how much longer? Like a couple it, days? It was pretty quick that my, especially my dad, was just like, as soon as they saw me and like had me in Boise and knew I was really okay. With bear spray. <laughs> my dad gave me bear spray, yes. <laughs> um, I think that's when they felt like, okay, they caught up real quick to where I was with we need to support Steve. Like, this is Penny's dad. We need to support him. He doesn't have anybody, really. So I've they, just left him in Oklahoma. <laughs> so they recognized pretty quickly that you had probably been mulling this situation over yes. in your head for the last seven years. Yeah. And Roughly. now I was helping everybody catch up. Steve couldn't do that at this time. He was trying, but it was kind of my job to catch everybody up to where we were. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean I, Steve couldn't? He was too emotionally. I could not talk people about this no nope. just okay so both I, sides of family like jessica's yeah. family and your family and part of what i struggled with was i just thought there's no way anyone is going to view this any way other than like i knew how harshly people in the church judged someone in this scenario someone who left his wife for a man he's an apostate he's selfish like he's abandoned his child and his wife and lusted after you know <laughs> evil things and I just thought there is no way I can possibly get anyone to see this any way other than that. So I don't even know if I was open to support from anyone, even if my family no. was trying to genuinely support. I don't I don't think I even would have or could have given them the chance. And so did you feel like you were on, on like an island? I felt more alone than I have ever felt. I literally like thought I was completely unlovable and like that I would have to start over with no one. <laughs> I just thought there's no way anyone is going to. I was always there. You were there. <laughs> and that I knew. And that's part of the reason I knew I needed to be there is I loved Steve. I still love Steve. And we never loved each other any less throughout no. this. Nope. And I never loved you any less. Nope. And I knew that. And I knew I was in Steve's life for a reason. And that purpose right then was to help him through this and to help him see his worth and value through all of this. Which I just didn't see. No, uh-uh. 
And I knew you couldn't see that at all. For a long time. Yeah, it took some time. And so, yeah, there's another big event that took place right before we left, but I don't think we have time to get into that tonight. So we'll touch on that next week. But really, that was the end of our marriage. All right, you guys, we have some exciting news that we want to share with you. If you are hearing this, that means that my book is now available and it is free. We just ask that you pay shipping. We have a limited number of them, so get over there and check it out right now at itsnotyouitsmebook.com. Again, it's not you. It's me book.com. We really want you guys to be bold and join us on this journey to self-love. And as you do so, this book and my journal that you can pick up with the book will help you do that. So go check it out and get your free book today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.